You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. November 9th, 2023, and you, my friend, are listening and or watching the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 359. We are a podcast that likes to focus on the PHP programming language, its surrounding community, and our businesses that run on it. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson. And our podcast is made a little special thanks to some sponsors, JetBrains, PHP Storm, HoneyBadger.io, and PHP Architect, as well as our good supporters on Patreon. We're going to talk about all of them a little later in the show, but for now, if you want to be part of the show, you can pop into our Discord at discord.phple.com and participate in the live stream, chat with us, suggest titles. It's all very helpful. We do appreciate it. With me tonight, back from Texas, and still sporting all 10 of his fingers, John Congdon. Trying not to support sport him, but what's with the very mellow version of you? Am you, I being start- mellow, John? Very no. You you got nice and excited there at the end when you introduced me. I like it. And you don't need that third guy. <laughs> and Tom right out. <laughs> honk, honk. Welcome to the Sunday show. Yeah. Morning draft time. How you doing? What is happening? I'm What's going on? Direction. You're like too mellow. I'm I'm going wacky morning crew. <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're the zoo crew tonight. Back in the but day. we all know I don't you, share. You kids, you kids, you don't listen to radio. Back in the day, every every city had a zoo crew morning show. So that's uh, that's us now. We're we're gonna take over that name. How let's is not. everybody? <laughs> let's not. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. I, am so I told happy. you'd be back. I am so happy. Okay. I've what, been, I've what's making you happy? T- I've been working on a ticket for a couple months now. That has been driving me insane. You know, I was expecting him to say he was so happy to be back because we missed last week, but no, he just that, right in That's there. where <laughs> I, I, I I set him up for that. To say I'm I'm happy to see you guys. <laughs> so nice. Something. You guys nope. Totally nope. ignored us. I was working on a ticket. Sure. <laughs> All right, you're working on a ticket. I, I yeah, that just consumed me just for for months, and it is. It is awful. It's all my tickets. Yeah, when you, it, it's no. awful when you have something that that really just takes over your mind like that. And it released yesterday. I didn't get off work until two thirty in the morning, and and by it's choice done. or did they ask you to work late? This modified the way that all of our customers interact. So I wanted to do it during a downtime where we had the fewest customers live, and. Rightfully so, because I did the same thing last week and had to roll it back. But this week, it went out. It looks great. There are lots of problems, but they are solvable. <laughs> so I'm very pleased. So one month ticket, is that like 81 points? or 
you know, I I don't even know at this point. I've tried to understand our point system, and someone even brought up doing point poker this week. Planning, planning poker, planning, yeah. planning poker. And I was like, I don't, I don't even understand what the blind bid on this is. I don't. I, I've been, I've been doing that for a while now. Yeah, that's funny. I said eighty-one points, and as soon as I said that, A Woods commented in Discord, and when it comes into our stream, it's at PFY eighty-one. <laughs> it was so odd that that's what came in. That's when I was born. I'm catching up with Discord. There's so, a lot of weed talk out there. <laughs> I got to go back and listen to how I started the show <laughs> you are very mellow <laughs> little i wonder if this little i wonder chill. if it's something about how i have my mic set up am i still sounding mellow no no it wasn't the mic it was definitely you so <laughs> <laughs> um, your wife you know I'm your also, wife i'm you also like taking it. up i've taken up a new habit which i highly endorse if i like? go with meth oh rubik's cube just cube. basically the same thing yeah I was always very daunted by the Rubik's Cube, but it is one of the best rubber ducks you can have as a programmer. It works so well to just like talk to it while you're working through it. I I'm a huge fan now. I'm a cube head, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the, what the what the word is for it. So are you memorizing the algorithms or are you just playing yes. with the cube as you are? I am I am memorizing the algorithms, which is also not understanding how a Rubik's Cube works. There's three levels of understanding a Rubik's Cube, which is just like entering in what the current state of it is and solving it from a, a, a web app. But then there's an understanding the algorithms. Like if you know the algorithms and get things into the right place, then you can sort of figure things out. But I don't have the algorithms memorized, so I still have like a big cheat sheet that I'm using. But then, like, the next level is, like, this chess level where you can do all the algorithms in your head beforehand. And this is this is what I didn't understand about speed cubing, which is they're not even looking at the cube when they start. They, they look at the cube for a minute before they start doing it, but they've already got the list of algorithms in their head, and they just run through the algorithms and then slam it on the table. And hope it's right. <laughs> yep. yeah, re- yeah, really. Like, just hope it's right. The level after that is understanding what's actually happening, which I don't really think anyone does anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many different algorithms, too. You you get the basics where you can just solve it. And I had them memorized 20 years ago, but then have completely forgotten them. Never got it's, into speed cubing, though. But it, it is a great... It is a great sort of version of mental calisthenics where you're not working hard. You're just working. I, I've really enjoyed the Rubik's Cube stuff way more than I, way more than I thought I would. <laughs> so, I mean, that's been like my week. My week has been, it's been. Your week's been a month is what, been, what I got yeah, from that. It's been a couple months. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Eric? Oh, I'm, I'm just happy to be home. That was a long Why, time to be you? away. I mean, it's what a week we were we were gone for a week. We left on Tuesday, yep. got back on Tuesday. Le- left on Wednesday. Somewhere? Wednesday morning, got back Tuesday afternoon. Evening. Yeah, the, the driving was a lot the, 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 <laughs> in the last few days there, but it was fun. It was fun to see family. It was fun to see friends. 
had a good time hanging out in Austin and then drove up to, I drove up to Oklahoma City, had a good time visiting family. So good time, good times all around. But getting back, trying to continue to like keep everything in motion with the company, with the consulting stuff that we do with the clients, that man, just got like a little taxing on me <laughs> with the uh with the conference and yeah, talking to people. That was weird. Like just talking to like I'm used to like talking like people I know and it was it was really nice. Ramsey tried to get me drunk and take advantage of me and brought some liquor. <laughs> I told him, I'm like, you don't have to get me drunk, baby. <laughs> but you know, it, like just that was that was the first time we were in a position where we're like pitching the magazine and trying to like sell the magazine. And I'm not gonna lie, like I was a, like a little hurt that there are people in the PHP community that don't know what PHP Architect is. I'm like, who are you? And please leave. <laughs> you forget but that there was a time you didn't know who PHP Architect was. There was never a time I didn't. Know. At least there was never a time I didn't know what PHP Architect was in, at a PHP conference. I mean, that just didn't happen. Like, if I was to a level of going to a PHP conference, I just feel like I'm not faulting anybody. I was happy to meet all you. I hope a few of you guys pop in or a few of you people pop in and you know, start trying the magazine, but it was shocking and I realized we've got to work harder. So yeah, I guess that's going to be a thing. What about you, John? You happy to be home? So happy to be home. It was very nice being out. Like I love, I love a short trip. Usually a conference I'm gone for three or four days. This time adding that extra few days to go visit my half brother was it was very nice. I, I sat and talked with him for hours. Great conversation. And then the next day, yeah. met on. up with him. If you don't mind me interrupting you for a moment. For sure. anybody Interrupt. new to the show or who aren't up to speed on this, John's kind of like breezing over this. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> this half-brother is somebody he didn't know about six months ago. And they're both, you know, in their... 50s, right, John? I mean, you're basically fit. You look fit. Yeah, let's just put it like that. Yeah, yeah, they're both you know older people and just learned of each other's existence. That's yeah. a whole story. You should go back and probably listen to that show. That yeah. was episode three hundred forty-four. Did that all offline? No, <laughs> I, and I'm just making up numbers too. I just I was hoping they'd go back and start listening at three forty-four and just keep <laughs> listening after that. <laughs> no, but, yeah, uh, so. My, it turns out that his mom and my dad had a relationship. I'm not clear on all the details, but something happened. And then my dad and my mom had a relationship and were engaged when she found out she was pregnant. She didn't want to mess anything up. So she never told my dad or our dad. And she gave the baby up for adoption. And yeah, long story short. So DNA. DNA is crazy. <laughs> they got to meet in person for the first time. Yeah. So after uh, the Longhorn Conference, met him. Met him on Sunday for brunch. Had a great time. Chatted for hours, and then he's like, "Yeah, do you want to come over to my house, meet the wife and your nieces tomorrow for dinner?" I'm like, "If you're comfortable with that, sure." Weird. Uh, so 
went met him for a late lunch and his best friend of 30 years super nice guy hung out with them for an hour or two and then he left to get things ready i ended up being like 20 minutes late because you can't find a grocery store in in texas it's so crazy I wanted it to be nice pick up there they had a Kroger's. I finally found after driving around. Wanted to pick up flowers and champagne and went over. His kids took about good two, three minutes to warm up to me. And then all of a sudden it was, throw me up, hang me upside down. <laughs> like it, it was a blast. I mean, to be fair, to be you're, in, you're in that prime fatherly physical shape where you're like capable of throwing a child around. Yeah, well, they they're done that ten years ago. I just didn't. They, they they are small. They are small human beings, and they were easy to throw around. And it was it was cute that they accepted me. It was nice. But well, yeah, the, 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 conf- the conference smart. was great. Yeah, the conference was great. Enjoyed seeing people again. I I, I always loved the hanging out and like talking with people portion of it. I just wish I was better at talking with people. <laughs> Were you were you guys on desk duty or were you attending actual talks? Attended a attended a couple, but mostly hung out at the desk. Eric and Frank did because I was <laughs> I was a little hungover Friday morning. I heard about yeah. it. How did How you hear, about, hear that? about it? Because as I we, mean, as for we, the record, there's nothing. There's not. There's not a better look than your CEO of your publicated magazine that you count on people buying hanging out at your table hung over <laughs> it was it was one of my prouder moments <laughs> so like I, I heard this was ben's fault no uh, no 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 as, no no as i do i forgot that i had already said we shouldn't record so when i hit up eric on thursday and said hey uh we doing this Eric was like, no, you already <laughs> said we're not doing it. And now John is downstairs getting force fed beers. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to do it? Cause I'm like already here. He's like, no, no not John, happening. John can't sport that right now. He's, uh, he's, I should have done it. I was, I I was too, it. I was too busy yelling some vulgar things. Oh, really? What did I miss something? She it wasn't. It, yeah, it's not a story I want to share on air. <laughs> oh, just, you just make me prouder and prouder as we speak. That's wonderful. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that bad. I just something got stuck in my head, and I must have said it like five or six times. And then the next day, I'm like, "Why did I say that?" It wasn't. It's not that bad. It's just it's gross. Just with lyrics. <laughs> what? No, oh, no, no, no. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm going to finish this with, I did use the time to do some coding. And sometimes I, I take a conference time and do something that I think is kind of cool. Back in 2014, I upgraded a PHP 4 code base to, to PHP 5. So when I got back, I was like, here you go. It now runs on PHP 5. This year, the monolith I work on had it had a single small microservice that I created a few years ago. It's a pain in the ass to keep up to date because I'm the only one that works on it, but I, we don't actively build on it. It's just sitting there. So having to always update the dependencies and everything was just 
a pain. Even though it was the first code running PHP 8.2, it still isn't necessary anymore. So I got to take this, this time to unwind all of the API calls, bring it back into the monolith, make sure it was calling the proper database and so you un- doing the things I needed. I what? You unmicroed a service. I macroed it. I macroed a service. <laughs> so proud. Yeah, it's just it makes sense because it's a just not necessary. Yeah, I got a little bit of a surprise. I mean, it, it was really my fault. I to be completely honest, because I don't read emails <clears throat> as thoroughly as I should, which is to say, I don't read emails, but. <clears throat> This is the world we live in, right? Like a business becomes dependent on another business's service and that business becomes dependent on another business service. And anyways, a few weeks back, we got an email talking about one of the services that we use and how they're into lifing the V1 version of their API endpoint. I wasn't totally surprised by this because I'd been working with them on another issue of the past year. And they kept talking about these new endpoints they were working on. So when they said they were into lifing it, I'm like, wow, yeah, that was kind of aggressive. You usually don't just end of life an endpoint like that. You usually just launch a new endpoint and let people migrate over. But I thought, you know, the, what, how we're using it is so limited. Like I wasn't really worried about what they were going to hit us with a new API endpoint. So I didn't worry about it. I kind of put it on the back burner for a few weeks because we have so many other things going on. And it was an end of life to the end of December. So I'm like, I'll be fine. And while right before we left for Austin, I read the email thoroughly. <laughs> and it was a little misleading saying that they were end of lifing the API endpoint, which to their credit, they are. But they're also end of lifing the entire service, and you know to continue to use the service, you have you have to upgrade to this whole new model that they had that doesn't interest us and is way more of a service than we need. So I went from you're, but you're glossing over that instead of using their compute resources to run everything, the upgrade is you run a Docker container that you pay them twice as much for. Yeah. You pay twice as much as you did for the API, and you pay for the servers to run it. Solid business plan. Yeah, you, you have to manage the that, that, that's Somebody sat back and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got an idea. What if we didn't have to worry about servers anymore? That's beautiful. The fact that you have to, <clears throat> to rewrite your API to deal with that, too, just means like somebody in engineering had a stroke. Right. Right. Just, just put the current API into the container, like right. the code that runs it. Rewrite it anyways. <laughs> They're going oh, serverless. Why would you that rewrite it to their service? Right. And that, that was the thing we had to explain to the client. Is like, it's not only a matter of we having to host a Docker container, but there's all the management, monitoring, everything that goes along with it. It's, it's just not like... Oh well, it's okay. We'll just spin up the Docker container instead of hitting their service. It, it's it's a never that easy, and b you know you have all these additional expenses of 
manpower and people power and you know, servers and I mean it's just it it just didn't work especially for how we were using the service because the and Docker it container is not cheap. <laughs> no, it ends up being like twice as much, and the Docker container they're they're pu- they're pushing is like all the bells and whistles, like everything. Like this client isn't using this client is like using one little niche of one little service that they have, and they want to basically sell them, you know, a limousine, and they for, don't. You know, for my curiosity only, is this an optical character recognition service? Yes, very much so. So I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's been a little nerve wracking because you know because it's stupid yeah and i i found another service i think that's going to be able to replace it but the thing i explained to the client is like we're just back in the same position we were before which is we still are going to have a single point of failure it's just going to be a different client oh i don't know we'll have to figure that out we've i i messed because it so it, it is a it is a you know character recognition service where you know it it reads characters and the, when I was putting together the the my client's service initially, I was looking at a lot of uh, open source solutions that did this, and I got pretty good at a couple of them. I don't I don't remember the exact name of the project now. I, I do remember it was Python based, but I wanted to avoid exactly what the service we went to is trying to push on us. I didn't want to have to manage another server running another thing that we had to watch, maintain, upgrade, protect. So I'm like, you know, if we can outsource this, that would be great. That's what we ended up doing. So I, I, it was a pretty big name, wasn't it? It wasn't like a small. It's not, no, not a small name. It, uh, was the one you were looking at Tesseract? There's a Tesseract OCR library, but I mean, character I recognition. Remember. If you're gonna if you're gonna try and pivot your company, and you do character recognition, now is like a really bad time to do that because that's what, do you what mean? people that's what people have been doing for like five years for machine learning. Well, so this is the interesting thing about this is that I was actually thinking the opposite. I'm like, maybe this is the ideal time to look at taking another approach with AI out there and being able to like push something to AI because the information that I need to grip from an image is very limited. I don't need a lot. That's exactly saying is that you've, you've got, you have a you have a two dimensional plane from many angles. I don't want to get too deep into into your business model, but like a two dimensional plane from many angles is one of those things that machine learning is especially good at. And like for twenty five bucks, you can get a Google Coral, which is just a machine right. learning chip, right? And you, you can throw it on a pie because I have one. I don't want it. Well, I don't need it. Oh, really? I owe you guys. You know that's. Yeah, I, I've actually. It's funny you bring that up, Tom. I've been looking hard at those. Yeah, uh, if, if you if you care, I can send this over to you. This is a. Oh, it costs you as much in shipping God. as it would yeah. for me to buy one. 
but the, they're rare though. It's that's the thing is that the the Google Coral chips are Tensor Core. They're they're very good at crypto stuff, so they're kind of hard to get a hold of. And is I this got, one that plugs into a Pi, or is this the standalone mm-hmm. little no, this is, board? I got, so the one I have is a PCI Express, a mini PCI Express, and it's in a very small package. As we listen to you crinkle on it, <laughs> I mean, I'm eating chips too. It doesn't help. <laughs> But I'm I'm kind of fascinated by this technology because Google has said that they they're buying a plant to produce like an ass load of these things. Is there really that big of demand for it? But I guess maybe. Well, they are able to do machine learning on a scale that is just absurd. But so this is this is the one that I have. So this is an M. This is a mini PCI Express to regular PCI Express, and it can handle essentially anything you throw at it as far as machine learning for for a single video source and mm-hmm. i got this i got this when i was building out my like home security system because it can do real time object detection mm-hmm. so like beyond saying there's a person in your driveway it can say this is your daughter in the driveway this is your son in the driveway do this when they come home. Like it's, it's much more than just saying that's a person or that's a dog. Why, why aren't you using it then? God, I'm so amazingly lazy and just never installed it in my machine. Yeah, that, that, that is looking really cool. And, and I'll probably give that a try. I, I do need to get something in place to replace you know, the, the existing service. So, I'm going to focus on that. Like I said, you know, I've been needing to come up with another solution for them. So in the event that this does happen again in the future, we're not in the same position, or at least we're in a position where we're like, okay, well, we'll fall back on our system for a while and use that until and make a decision well, if, on what we would do. Well, if, and if you can get it in, in place correctly, you could, hit service A, and if it fails, hit the local service. Right. I mean, Or if, if we're running up against, you know, maybe we lower our API limit with them, and once we start bumping up against that, we start offloading to our own service until that resets. Yeah. There, there's also worse, worse case scenario. I've, I've had a surprise $150,000 bill from AWS because... I hit a service that was bug related. So like, yeah, if you, if you start frying your own machine, that's one thing. If you start hitting AWS until they cut you off because your credit limit is a million dollars, that's another thing. But, you know, th- this is also something that I'm trying to impress upon my coding right now, which is if you're implementing a single interface for a, a, a project, if you're implementing an API for something that, they're the only people who do it. You still create the interfaces, the abstracts. You, you you write this as if it were going to disappear tomorrow and you were going to have to replace it with another API as as fast as possible. And that's something that I've 
I've run into my entire career, which is like, yeah, this service is gone or they're threatening to raise prices and we need to show them that we don't rely on them. But like all this, you don't know when these service providers are going to go away. It, it turns out that all these CEOs and CEOs, CTOs lie about how they're doing and a service can vanish overnight. And this week, Omegle, uh, do you guys know what Omegle God is? Damn it, Tom, I keep thinking yeah. you're queuing me up for a sponsor ad. Right. Like, how can you tell? I've been hovering over this button. So we're going to go and think one of our sponsors. <laughs> Let's go with HoneyBadger.io because I thought that's what Tom was queuing up this entire time. God. So here we go. forgot about the bills. <laughs> Thanks to our friends at HoneyBadger.io for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring, like web development, can be complicated. There are tons of tools and techniques, but you just want to know that your app is up and that your customers are happy. When your customers encounter a problem, you need clear, actionable intelligence, not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why they built HoneyBadger, the monitoring tool we always wanted. A tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't, so that you can keep shipping code know when critical errors occur, and which customers are affected. Respond instantly when your systems go down. Improve the health of your systems over time and fix problems before your customers can report them. HoneyBadger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Be the hero of your team and sign up for a free trial and start monitoring today at HoneyBadger.io. Setup takes as little as five minutes. See what you've been missing and fix it. Once again, that's www.honeybadger.io. Thank, Thank you, you Honey Badger. Badger. I forget. Was that really you? Or was that the AI one? That was really That's, you, right? That was that was that was that was the real me. Okay, cool. Yes, I saw that today in our Discord channel that Omegle is shutting down. No, 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 not shutting down. Like, this is the crazy thing about it. Omegle, which has been around for 14 years, just stopped. Like, the, now, the, guy, the guy who... We have a personal connection with this, right? Because our guy, Harry Mack, that was his big thing, is Omegle. He, yeah, he did a lot of Omegle stuff. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, yeah. A lot of content uh, mm-hmm. creators seem to be going that route. And so the person who owned it and ran it basically said, like, hey, I don't like the direction the internet's going. And oh, yeah, Omegle was I that service. Omegle was that service you went to to either see, try and see one of your favorite content creators or naked guys. Yes. But the, the statement. <laughs> what? The statement what? was less about that. The, the statement from the. The guy who shut down Omegle was basically that the internet has become this melange of corporate interests. And if you weren't a corporate interest, you were a bot or a spam farm. And it was just, there was, there was no point to try and engage in the internet as it is today. And it, it, it hit home for a lot of people it hit home for me is that the the internet that I grew up with is not the internet we have today. You've got people just buying large social media enterprises and 
burning him to the ground for no good reason or for selfish reasons. And it was just, it's a, it's a very weird. I mean, it's just evolution though, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. You know, we heard the same thing from our parents, right? The world we were living in wasn't the world they lived in. And, you know, we're just now projecting that onto the internet. But I think, I don't know. I, I actually didn't follow this path, but just listening to you, it sounds like the guy grew a little bit of a conscious and said, you know what? I'm kind of part of the problem here. And just decided it, to it's less, him. it's less of that and more that he, he ran the service under the, <laughs> under the ideals that he grew up with on the internet, which was the early two thousands. And that's, simply not a sustainable business model anymore that ha- having a good service is not a business model. Right. You have to, you have to monetize in ways that morally corrupt you, or you have to deal yeah. with the morally corrupted people that use your service. You might be right. I I've been trying to pitch to John to do let us do like geek centerfolds in the magazine. He refuses. I feel like it could really kind of drag well, up the I subscription keep rates. The so you've got a full portfolio. <laughs> you want to go for it? Yeah, I mean, I hope that's what it. I, this is going to sound horrible, but I hope that's what it is. And we don't find out in a couple of weeks that this person was doing something bad and or just you know had stolen money from his employees or i don't know if this is what it boils down to it's it's fine you know it's like okay you made it you know it's your company you made a decision that's cool people do it all the time i hope that's what it is you know it's not like another person can't spin, spin up a replacement in a couple of days i mean this was a replacement for chat roulette right oh you're right yeah oh i forgot all about that yeah yeah it was just another incarnation of it and there'll be another one yeah, but it was a it was a fourteen year long incarnation. I mean, was it really that long? Yeah, as far as the internet goes, it, it's lifetime the oldest standards. I mean, um, it yeah, of course. I I I only knew it. It started with Harry Mack for me. That's where I first heard about it, and then I started seeing other content creators doing the same thing, and that's how I learned about Marcus Veltri and. Rob Landis, other music people. Yeah, but imagine imagine being the guy who provides that service and you're paying to provide it to other people who are making well, I mean that millions that's, off of yeah. it. Well that's again they could have found a way to monetize it in that case. And that right? was I think why it shut down was because all of the ways to monetize it really compromised the ideals of the person who was running it was, yeah. yeah. Do I, do I just let bots in freely or do I, do I charge people? Do I have ads? Do I, I mean, this is the, this is the same issue that X Twitter is going through right now, which is how do I monetize something which has been valued at a huge amount, but has never been in the black and you can't, the, the whole thing was fake from the beginning. So, to to put to try and put a value on it is unethical. I don't know if I buy that, but you, I, I mean, you get you get down to the you get down to the argument of money is evil at some point, where it's like, oh yeah, 
anything I do to charge money, I'm compromising my principles. Well, then you could have never expected to make money from this. But so much, but he never did. And so much of the internet was in those days founded on like, don't make money off of it. Information is free. Okay. Information is free, but when you're providing a service and you. Yeah, bandwidth. It's co- it's, yeah, it's you. <laughs> if it costs you money, it's okay to make money off of it. Right. I mean, even open source, right? I mean, it was never about not making money. It was about, you know, not locking people out of the code, building businesses on, I mean, look at PHP Architect, I think is a good example of that. Or even, even the stuff uh, Taylor's doing with Laravel, with Forge and Envoy, right? It's, you, you have this open source solution and you, you build businesses around it, which, there's nothing wrong with that. Sarah, no, you're not allowed to make yeah, money. To clarify, yeah, Sarah, you are not allowed to make money. Yeah, let's be. Oh, but Sarah, since you're here in our Discord, which, by the way, if you're listening live, or even if you're not listening live, you should consider joining our Discord at discord.phpugly.com. But Sarah, since you're here, I do have a rather interesting column to share. Let me Let me pull this up. Apparently, the team at MongoDB, which I don't think is a secret to say that our good friend Sarah works with them, for them, I'm not sure, but the people over at MongoDB are taking over the driver for Laravel. So now Laravel is, I guess, officially supported. MongoDB is an official, officially supported data store for Laravel apps, which is really kind of cool. And I was looking through the the documents because, you know, I am a big data store person, right? You know, my, my data store of choice is CouchDB because I love the fact that the driver is just HTTP. I mean, it's, it just seems like a great solution. But MongoDB is also ACID compliant. And MongoDB also has, you know, a lot of other bells and whistles about it. So I definitely looked at it. Looks really good. The driver that is the, the package that you install. It looks like I haven't used it, so don't hold me to any of this. But it looks like it leverages uh, Laravel models, which is really cool. So it looks really cool. I think this is a really exciting announcement for the Lar- Laravel developers. So, out did there. Laravel not have a driver before? I mean, I know that there was a package available, but was it not included by default, and you had to go install it separately? Yeah. So, so yeah, it was always there. I mean, and, and you always had to install it separately. I think you still like install it. Like if you're using Mongo, you they just says you know run your composer wire. So it's the same package. The Mongo DP team has just taken over maintenance of it. So it is moved under the MongoDB organization hub. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is exciting. I mean, I definitely don't think data stores have gotten the document stores have gotten the traction that they should have. I mean, again, right tool, right job sort of situation. But I think this is a cool thing. I hope more people use it. That's all I'll say about that because I got a burp. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the honesty. I, uh, uh, I'm getting 
I've I've been very tired of the monolith that is Laravel. At some point, I have to sort of accept that they are they are the ruby of PHP. Do you know what I mean by that? I refuse. I refuse to know what you uh, mean. <laughs> well, like Rails, Rails was a language that existed for a long time before Ruby. But when Ruby on Rails came out, it was like, oh, Rails is usable. And wouldn't it be great if there's a documentary on that? Uh, one of these days. Is there? I, all right. I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know if you're great. setting me up or you're not setting me up. What's happening right now? I don't know. But Kip, I'm I'm moving on. Kevin? <laughs> well, hold, hold on. We can't, we, we can't move on. Okay, go ahead. Kevin was saying object databases were all the rage 20 years ago. Well, this is, We're not talking object databases. Right? We're talking about document stores. But I feel like yeah, they didn't gain traction never. because the data model is too restrictive. I mean, is Fox mm-hmm. Pro? Is Fox Pro Just the store? opposite with, with yeah, data it, stores. Document stores. Document stores are less restrictive. Uh, yeah, document stores. It's yeah, yeah. it's the opposite, I, right? There, there's, there is no Fox Pro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a document store. It works for school districts. <laughs> so I think where Tom was going with the whole Ruby on Rails thing is our, our friends over at what was it called? Honeypot. Maybe you remember Honeypot back when they released their first document documentary. On Laravel, they now have one out for Ruby on Rails. And the only reason I bring this up, because, you know, I don't care that much about where I was going and I hate you. (laughs) Was it really not where you're going? Not where I was going. I did not. Anyways, the reason I bring it up, I, I, I do have a special place in my heart for Ruby on Rails. I credit Ruby on Rails for bringing me back to PHP and understanding object-oriented programming, so I'll never forget that. But it's interesting if you watch the, the, the video, the first half of it is all talking about PHP and how they're doing everything in PHP and PHP and you know everything we built was PHP and then all of a sudden off of like pretty much a whim this guy's like let me see if i can build a framework with this ruby language and you know everything began that's where i turned it off i don't know what happened after that i (laughs) (laughs) I, what i'm getting what i'm getting is that there's i've seen a fair number of reddit posts that are saying should i learn laravel or should i learn php and it that's hurtful it it ignite yeah it ignites a fire in my throat that can only be solved by Pepto-Bismol because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, you asshole, please. But, I have... but they're not wrong because for, for a decade now we've been, we've had the question while well, I'm a, I'm a WordPress developer trying to break my way into PHP. And that's the same pink sauce that, that soothes my nerves when I hear that. But now Laravel is like replacing PHP in a certain it's not replaced. Just it's, so, what it's I, doing is good. No, you good. I was gonna say I, we actually have somebody submitting a talk for PHP Tech as a keynote, and if you want to submit your talk, you still can through the end of the month. Go to uh-huh. tech.phparch.com. Anyway, their their idea for a keynote their their idea for a keynote is around this topic exactly of people are pigeonholing themselves into little niches like Laravel, Symphony, WordPress, 
versus being a developer. I'm a I'm a Laravel developer versus a PHP developer. You should be learning the, the broader I, I, again, topic. While I don't I, disagree, I, I think I, I, I think I think it's my turn to talk. I don't think it is. I'm considered a right stack developer at my at my job, and when we have an issue with the app, they turn to the full stack developers and they're like, "Hey, can you fix this issue with the Android app?" And I'm like, "Oh no, that's not what full stack means." Like I can barely read CSS and JS, but you want me to do Objective C? Mm-mm. Right. I think one of the things that's we're, we're missing with Laravel, the same thing a lot of people miss with WordPress, is it, it's bringing in new people, and this is their exposure to PHP. That's why they consider themselves that. And yes, where I totally agree with you guys, you should be a PHP developer first. But, I mean, Sarah brings up a good point, whether they meant to or not. We're PHP developers. Are we not just developers? Do we not understand programming and, and you know, all the workflows and patterns of programming? Why do we call ourselves PHP developers? Because okay. that's the language we use. That's right? fair, because Sarah is also not a PHP developer. <laughs> And, and also much smarter than any of us, which yeah, really is all three of us put together. <laughs> C development hangs out with PHP developers that they just to feel better about themselves. Dunk on randomly, but I I think where things go sideways, and I know the Laravel community has been guilty of this, is. You get people, well-respected people within the community, WordPress, Laravel, Drupal, wh whatever, whatever solution you want to name. You get people in that community that say, that say, oh, yeah, you don't need to know PHP to use RX. Or you can be a you know Drupal-first developer before a PHP developer. I think that's where that I think that sets a bad precedence where we as overall PHP developers should not be saying that and we should encourage people because it encouraged people to become more familiar with the the core language because it only makes all these other projects better and stronger. So I, I, I you know what would help you make those projects better and stronger, Tom? Is that what you're asking me? I don't know. Some kind <laughs> yes, of a good IDE. Hello, listener. This is Eric, the host of PHP Ugly, and it's really me, not some AI-generated voice, because I care about you, the listener, and think you deserve a real read of one of our sponsors. And that's what this is. Here at PHP Ugly, we are genuinely excited and happy to have JetBrains PHP Storm as a sponsor. We all use PHP Storm every day, and it makes development easier and fun. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a professional PHP developer or a hobbyist working on personal side projects, there's never been a better time to check it out, or maybe to check it out again with a slick, clean new UI, blazing fast speed enhancements, and a richer toolkit that's transforming the way you code. Code like a professional. Visit JetBrains today at jetbrains.com forward slash PHP Storm and kick off your 30 day free trial to start coding smarter not harder now back to the show 
Thank, thank you, CHP Storm. I got it right that time. <laughs> I I actually I want to cut to our Discord because our Discord is lively tonight. Wow, lots of big words in there too. <laughs> um, but there's there's a lot of discussion about what the the stack is, and for me, the stack was always HTML, JavaScript, CSS, but PHP at its base. But with so. so- I listened to a, a talk at Longhorn. Full stack goes beyond just that. You're not full stack until you can deploy your own code, in their opinion. Thank so you, you, John. So you, you actually understand all the way down to well, the it's web server, only, server level. Right. It's not only deploying the code. It's understanding how the web servers are configured. I, I, I felt so stupid when I realized when most people were talking about full stack developers, just like Tom said, they were talking about JavaScript, a backend language, HTML. I'm like, no, like, yeah, that, like one of each. Th- that's that is, there's no ops in that. You're still dev at that point to get to right. dev ops. You need to understand the server, the, the web server, the server itself. And so I always felt so stupid. Like, Maybe I'm the one that's not understanding what that word means, but I feel you've 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 made me made me right. I, th- I yeah. think it's changed a lot recently. No, and and, I, and <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> a lot of people have been laid off and and had to expand their knowledge base to get a new job. And I mean, I started in ops. I started in. I'm full stack. According to Sarah, I'm so happy. I started in system administration. So I I get that layer of things, but, but now job position that says full stack just means fucking anything. Like that's not fair either. If you, if you interview for a job that says full stack and they start throwing a Java app at you, that's not, fair i'm hmm. i mean if you're a java developer it would be, i don't it think that's what it implies yeah full stack is annoying every language that they use in an organization but full stack is just overused but full stack How about that like nowadays full stack means yeah I'm, I'm really good at one thing but if you make me i'll work on other stuff then is it a dot matrix printer or a inkjet printer or a laser. I took that which down. which one do you have to know to be full stack? Hey, for the record, I bought a laser printer and it was the best investment I ever made. I've had that thing for a couple years now. For actually, I I think we bought it before we moved. So I've had that thing for however however many years and haven't had to replace any of the ink or anything. I so, love my laser printer. Okay, th- I, this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but when I when I was in a room full of full stack developers and I said, Hey, I'm going to go to the history of computing museum. I ended up there completely alone watching. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> no, I ended up, I ended up there just totally on my own watching. Well, we don't invite you anywhere. used to work. <laughs> and, and I learned a lot just by seeing these, these weird old systems and how they relate to how we do things today. <laughs> Like, 
am I a full stack developer just because I'm open to the, the idea of working on something different? Cause then Eric isn't a full stack developer. What? If it's not, Mother's not a full stack developer. If it's not Vim and Electron or whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did Electron factor into this? All right, we need to. I'm gonna. I'm going to. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna go ahead and bring up our supporters on Patreon because they're great people, and it's a new month. Sarah, so don't forget to submit to to tech. Yeah, Sarah. I am gonna. Uh, while we're doing a lot this, of good um, feedback from you. Uh, this year, Sarah. Actual PHP news. You guys don't follow Derek Rathens. Rathens. Never going to hey, get that right. Follow him. We support him. Do you support he, him? Don't call oh. us out like that. Thank you. He is the he is the creator and maintainer of XDebug, and he has recently published a new article on Flame Graphs which is a new rendering method for seeing where your application is spending all of its time. It's pretty cool. Just generates like a little fireplace picture that shows you where all your stuff is getting executed and how long it takes. And it's one of the big new features of XDebug 3.3. We've also got... I do like how marketing focused his his blog posts are, which... Is me being like this? This guy is a true developer because he's yeah cannot market for the life of him. No, I can't share because we still have the Patreon. I guess I can share. Thank you, all of our supporters on Patreon. We Thank do you, Patreon. Appreciate why, all of you. Why is that one person's name yellow? No, it's a glitch. Is it just happening? It's just a current greatest supporter. That's weird. I can't be right. Yeah. This is what I was bringing up with Derek, with Derek's post. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a developer's post for you right there. Mm-hmm. You're lucky it even has colors. That's good. Thanks, Derek. Thanks for all your hard work. We do appreciate it. You do make coding a little better. And, and XDebug does integrate nicely into PHP Storm, sponsor of the show. Unbelievably well into PHP Storm. You know what doesn't? Tinkerwell. Having a lot of trouble with Tinkerwell getting integrated into PHP Storm. It just wants to throw an exception no matter what you do. But the new version of Tinkerwell is out, Tinkerwell 4.0. You might be more familiar with this if you're a Laravel developer, but it's still really great for any PHP developer. The 4.0 version has quote-unquote AI support. (laughs) Why do you say it like that? (laughs) You can... Put in your open API key and select between GPT 3.5 or GPT 4. I don't think everything needs AI, but whatever. Uh, right, for, for those that are, for, for those of us, I mean, for me, because I'm dumb, what is Tinkerwell? So Tinkerwell is a really super simplified IDE that just lets you write code and execute it. Really nice. So the trick is that it's, an IDE, but it's very, very, very simple. You can tie it into your base project and it'll try to figure out from your composer build what the auto includes are. You can feed it helper files that will let you just write up what you want to write without having to include everything. It's got a lot of functionality that is very, very nice for quick debugging something that's itching on your brain. I'm a huge fan of it because so, I just go like, how does this work? I can type it out and it figures out how it works. 
Right. So, I think that's not a, a great explanation for it, but yeah, it's well, you know how excuse the, me, ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you you know how PH, PHP has the you can you can bring up the console now in PHP. Python has this as well. You bring up the Python console and you type in your your PHP code directly into your terminal. I use PHP A all the time. Right. So this so Laravel has that. It's called Tinker. It's an artisan command where you run artisan Tinker. That does the same thing, but it loads up your Laravel application. So any controllers you write, any models you have, any of the helper files that are in the Laravel application, you have access to all of that, right? It works really well. Well, Tinkerwell is just a standalone app for that. So you, it, it, it's they've... It's come a long ways. They do have some nice auto-completion in there now, and it does work with Docker and on, on remote servers and all that. Seich does that too, right? P-S-Y-S-H? No. Yes, I so, think so. So Seich shell, but you you can't be outside of your container when you're executing Seich or Seich shell. You have to be in the container, in the directory. The, the nice thing about Tinkerwell is that it remembers what you're doing it connects via Docker, it knows the root directory, and it executes it as if it were native code, but you're just running the exact commands you want. And yes, Well, you're still configuring no, Ramsey it, though. Is, no, Ramsey is still saying, yes, it's all Psy shell at the end of it, but it's not just that. In the same way that... Just put Post- a UUID on Postman, it. Postman has a conference, but Postman is just posting and getting, and that's it. So the new version of... Tinkerwell handles Laravel mailables. You can preview them instead of sending them. You get an HTML preview of them. You get graphs of objects and object relationships as it executes instead of just... <laughs> and this is the part that is not not playing well with PHP Storm. But you can get an execution graph of how your call actually resulted in each class relationship and call and stuff like that. You get SQL queries out of it. There's a, a view for logs that's new. It's a very, very nice tool. It's well worth the amount that I don't have to pay for it. So that's it's okay. good. I, I endorse it. <laughs> yeah. I don't pay if for you're it. if if you do a lot of Laravel work, it it's probably worth having for sure. All right, John, you got anything? I appreciate all the new people that have joined us. I see that our numbers have gone up a little bit, assuming some of you are joining us from Longhorn. So welcome. Happy to have you on board. Yeah. A couple of uh, things personal and business related. Scott Keck Warren, we you've heard the name many times on this podcast. He's been doing videos for us over at PHP Architect for a while. He He wanted to kind of, Bring back Community Corner. I used to do Community Corner. I used to write Community Corner for PHP Architect years ago. And then I had kind of a companion podcast where I would interview people in the community. So he's, he's, you know, wanted to bring that back. I thought it was a great idea. So I helped him through his first episode. It's now published on the PHP Architect website and the PHP Architect YouTube channel. If you're interested, go watch it. It's really just him and I. He, I'm just talking about tech and PHP Architect. It's a short. It's short. It's meant to be 15, 20 minutes. So it's cool. We uh, we work through 
basically the workflow I use for for PHP Ugly. And give it a listen and maybe give us a quick subscribe and you can watch further videos from Scott and occasionally John and I get together and do a podcast as well. Which we need to do soon. <laughs> yeah. We need to do like a while back. <laughs> uh, we do Ramsey, have some interesting re- news. Good. good. I was just going to say, Ramsey, can you really call Jinx? Because obviously one was before the other, but go ahead. We, we do have some interesting news coming up about tech that I've been sworn to secrecy on, but to, to, I, I thought this again. I thought you would be interested to know. Hey, don't blame me. You blame you might want to blame the other guy. This guy. This this guy. This guy can't say what it is, but you have some- no, no. But but what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say. <clears throat> I think people will be pleasantly surprised with tech if you attend tech. But what I did want to say is I brought it up to John because he was with me because he, you know, he cares more about me than you do, apparently. Yeah, no, uh, Thomas. Very clearly. But what did I what, do? You remember what I said was an interesting thing I noticed about Laracon? The same people every time. <laughs> yeah, I said that in private. <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. Uh, uh, uh. That's right. There was no swag. You're, I, swag. you're you're like you're like a safe. You just hold on to all of that stuff. And I <laughs> I happened to mention how you know Lyricon is you know a big conference. They had over five hundred people. Yeah, no swag, no t shirt, no no anything. Longhorn went the same same route. Really? And so I I keep telling I keep telling John like we need to rethink this, and he says no, I will not rethink this. We're going to double down. Absolutely. I don't think that's the best big business model, but if you're coming to tech, it's going to be cool. There better be fucking swag. <laughs> Flipper zeros in every box. <laughs> no. I'm, I do not. I am. Not Actually, a, not don't a, say no so quickly, John. It might be cheaper. <laughs> not not employed by PHP. Sarah, I, I, I do have to say, Sarah, thank you for... for calling out Ben's joke because I obviously didn't get it. I thought he was really asking me a question and then she sort of pointed out that's not how Discord works. I'm like, oh, now I get what he meant. We <laughs> I'm have a little audio slow. listeners. You, you want to bring I'm people slow. up to speed of any of this? Or nope. audio I, so I'm, I, I made the joke about that's not how Jinx works because obviously one came before the other. Ben in Discord says, do you know how UDP works? And I said, yes. <laughs> Not getting the joke, I thought he was asking me a real question, and then Sarah pointed out that it was in relation to that, and now it makes more sense, and I feel silly. <laughs> hey, and- I, I, I have to explain when I feel dumb. It's okay. Speaking of the Flipper Zero, I have in front of me my custom printed case for my Flipper Zero, and boy, has it, boy has it taken on an interesting dynamic. Because the Flipper Zero is capable of supporting a thing called Evil Portal. Evil Portal is an open Wi-Fi hotspot that when you try to join, asks you for whatever HTML you would like to be asked for. So like your Facebook username and password. And when you enter it, it just sends it to my device. And I know now what your username and password is. But there are limits to this. This is not a fast machine. It cannot process 
something like PHP in real time. But if I were to link to a WebAssembly version of PHP, I could write an evil portal that was capable of running completely on the client side and going through the whole password reset mechanism of like, what's your mother's maiden name? What's your dog's name? Et cetera, et cetera. My point is I was right. And PHP WebAssembly is cool. And Eric was wrong. Oh, he left. That was upsetting. I clicked the wrong I hate not having my keyboard shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am not. I, I so now that we're back from Longhorn, I've been so on the fence of whether I'm staying with my laptop. I actually, I'm not staying with anything. Whatever my solution is, like my setup with my new monitor, it's not going away. I'm using both. Like it's just too easy. It's just, I don't know if I'm going to continue to work with my laptop as my primary anymore because it's like, it's just growing more and more frustrating for me. Now, you guys gave me a lot of shit for running my server rack in my office and how hot it was going to get. Okay. So as a man who's running an air conditioner at, in November in Colorado this at 10 been, o'clock at night. Yeah, this has been one of the most interesting interesting things to me is that when I'm not working, my monitors go to sleep and the temperature in my office drops down to 67 degrees. You're so full of shit. Just, <laughs> you are so full of shit, man. Just having my monitors on brings the temperature of the room up to 82 degrees. You're so full of shit. There is no way that's true. It's just... That cannot be true. Your your monitors cannot be raising the temperature in your room over 10 degrees. Reach reach behind your monitors right now. Feel how hot they get. <laughs> reach behind your servers and feel how hot they get. This is episode 300 and I don't know. No, I'm not done. Oh, Stop. For So since we have Longhorn behind us and we have tech in our future, I shared with everybody a while back that I'm actually working on another conference or working with the team on another conference. Since we talked a little DevOps earlier, if you're in the Southern California area, I had my first PR meeting with Scale, the Southern California Linux Expo. And I am working with them on just the organization of Scale. And I'm, Pretty excited about scales that holds a special you, place in my heart. You and took I'm, on another project. I, I am very, very like like last man in line to do things. Like I'm not, I'm nobody important or even really relevant. I was not going to do this on the episode, but I have to now. The last time we talked, we opened up the PHP Architect contract services page, and it said. Stop! Stop! It still says it. Stop it! <laughs> I know. I thought you fixed that. I was gonna. I actually had yeah. it to bring so, up. Had it bookmarked. So yeah. then I, I actually had a friend contact me and say, I need a development team to work on something, and I asked John, where do I email? And uh, John, I'm not throwing you under the bus. Yes, you are. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> 
I asked John, where do I email this this proposal to? And John said, consulting at phparchitect.com. phparch.com. phparch.com. And I sent it to him. And I immediately got a bounce back email that said, there's no such email address. Yeah. That's, that would be right. Okay, thanks for thanks and, for the insight there, Tom. Appreciate John, that. John fixed it, and I sent him the email again. No. I did get a bounce back, but he never got the email. No, because it turns out that I set it up in our old email hosting thing that when we acquired PHP Architect, forgetting that Eric has modernized us, and I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I used to think it's, it's this was working a, now. This was a podcast about the three worst developers, but no, we're the three yeah. worst DevOps. Apparently, it's <laughs> so. Listen, if you're in the Southern California area and you are into Linux and open source, this is definitely not a programmer centric conference. And you're interested on the scale? Reach out to me. I'll let you. I, I think we're getting some discount codes and stuff. As soon as I get those, I will. See if I'm allowed to share them on the podcast and share it with everybody, or at least share it in our Discord. But I will get you guys some discount codes to scale. But if you only have funding for one conference, you don't want it to be scale. You want it to be <laughs> tech. I, I I feel like that's important to mention. All right. Anything else anybody wants to talk about? I don't know. I've no. pretty much shit on everything. Eh, that's what you do. Shit a lot in life. All right, we're running long. I'm going to call it. This is going to be it for episode 359. If you're watching the live stream, stick around. We have more show to come. Show, I say in quotes. You get to hang out and watch us talk just off the record. And we, we, we make fun of a lot, of a lot of people in Discord at that point. If you're listening to the audio stream, check out our YouTube channel and maybe subscribe. And see you next week. Ah, I'm Eric. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Tom. <laughs> Keep it up. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shout out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they're getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying, it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.